Now moving forward into lesson five, we're gonna be looking at the mind and how uh, the mind being such a powerful tool that it is can be used really for us or against us. Uh, so we consider, first of all, uh, the, the complexities of the human mind in that, uh, and, and if you have a Bible on your lap, I want you just to flip it open real quick and glance at the page. And what you're gonna realize is that subconsciously, you're looking at all of the letters across the page, but you don't just see letters, you don't just see shapes, you're actually reading words without even thinking about it. That, that, that's how strong the mind is. When you look at a number uh, on a page, you don't just see um, you know, the, the number sitting there, you understand what the number means. Um, you know, As I look across the room, I have uh, a dated piece of paper in front of me and I realized that the uh, five numbers that are next to uh, the wording on the page indicate the date and that's without thinking about it. It's, it's, it's really amazing the way that our minds are just wired to uh, see things and just understand them so quickly. But what we need to know whenever we're looking at spirituality, when we're looking at the small group We have to understand the role of the mind in knowing that deep spiritual knowing that God calls us to use. All right, so the the function of our mind as, as God would have it is that we would allow God to use our minds and fill it with anointed reasoning. All right, so uh, with the mind as strong and powerful as it is, we, we know this, we know that we can reason through things fairly easily. So I want to give you an example of how to uh, do basic reasoning without an anointing. All right, this is going to be a pretty plain example, but you're sitting at a drive-thru and you have to decide, do I want the cheeseburger or do I want the fish sandwich for lunch today? All right, and so while you're sitting there, you go through the reasoning process. Well, I decided I was going to make uh, a beef casserole tonight for dinner, and I know that I'm doing grilled chicken tomorrow, so maybe I won't have the cheeseburger because that's beef. Instead, I'll have the fish sandwich because then I, then it's not beef or chicken, it's fish. All right, so you just reasoned through and decided what you're going to have for lunch, and that was on your own terms. That was your own reasoning, uh, completely of your own accord. But God wants our minds to be filled with anointed reasoning, all right? What does that look like? What does that mean? Well, I want to tell you this. I want to bring a scripture to life for you uh, that the Lord really popped out to me as I prepared for this. And, And so the scripture tells us, come, let us reason together. And when we read that, we almost always go to you know, when, when we're having trouble with someone, if we disagree, uh, if, if we're knocking heads, well, instead of being stubborn and choosing to disagree, let's, let's be adults. Let's be good people of faith and say, come, let us reason together. Uh, let's, let me hear your side and I want you to hear my side and we'll reason this out, you know, like, like mature beings with the Lord. All right, but as as I read that scripture, the Lord said to me, he said, Eric, read that again. And I said, okay, come, let us reason together. And he said, but Eric, read it again. And I said, okay, but come, 
let us reason together. And it was in that moment I understood anointed reasoning. Where the Holy Spirit says, come and let us reason together. You and I, him, the the Holy Spirit and myself, let us reason together. All right, so that so that we can be filled with anointed reasoning. We need anointed reasoning in our lives for a lot of things. Family decisions, financial decisions, um, major life decisions, job-related decisions. Um, you know, you, you name it. If you want to make a wise choice, you need anointed reasoning in your life. All right? Uh, I want to tell you about the biblical function of the mind. And if, if you... Want a, want a scripture verse to go with this biblical function of the mind, I want you to go to Romans 12 too. That's going to be your homework assignment to study that a little bit. Um, but the, the, the biblical function of the mind is to transform our being according to that with which we fill and renew it. All right? So whatever I fill my mind with is going to transform my being. What do you think about that? You look at what people fill their minds with this day and age. Absolute garbage. And then you look at the world that we live in. And it's, it's, it's shocking to think that we really are transformed by the things that we allow in our mind. We teach our children the little song, Be careful little eyes what you see. Be careful little ears what you hear. Because the Father up above is looking down in love. So be careful, little ones, what you see, what you hear. But why do we stop that? We need to be absolutely very cautious what we're filling our mind with. Because if, if, we're, filling with, if we're filling our minds with things of, of impurities, of uh, you know, evil gesture, it, it's just going to transform our being into something very negative. But if we fill our minds with the words of Christ, if we fill our minds with the promises of God, and, and we uh, come and we look at, at things through anointed reason, all right, then that's going to transform our being into being, you know, godly. We're going we're gonna to take on a godlike character. We're going to take on, um, you know, a, a, a godliness, a Christ-likeness that we're called to walk in. All right, um, and, and, and so the passage from Psalm 73, verses 1 through 17, it's kind of long, um, but I'm, I'm going to turn my own Bible here, and I want to read it to you, because it, it's, it's a really strong passage of Scripture. Uh, so Psalm 73, verses 1 through 17, this is what it says. Surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet had almost slipped. I had nearly lost my foothold. For I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. They have no struggles. Their bodies are healthy and strong. They are free from common human burdens. They are not plagued by human ills. Therefore, pride is their necklace. They clothe themselves with violence. From their callous hearts comes iniquity. Their evil imaginations have no limits. These people are filling their minds with evil. All right? 
Their evil imaginations have no limits. They scoff and speak with malice, and with arrogance they threaten oppression. Their mouths lay claim to heaven, and their tongues take possession of the earth. Therefore their people turn to them and drink up waters in abundance. They say, How would God know? Does the Most High know anything? This is what the wicked are like. Always free of care, they go on amassing wealth. Surely in vain I have kept my heart pure and washed my hands in innocence. All day long I have been afflicted and every morning brings new punishments. If I had spoken out like that, I would have betrayed your children. When I tried to understand all of this, it troubled me deeply till I entered the sanctuary of God. Then I understood their final destiny. All right, why do we want to read that? That was depressing. But when we look at at this Psalm of Asaph and we read through those 17 verses, we see that these people filled their minds with evil. They filled their vain imaginations up with impure things. And, and, And what did it cost them? It cost them everything. It truly led to depression, to error. And you read the psalm, and and by the time you get to verse 16 and 17, he finally finds this resolution. When I tried to understand all of this, it troubled me deeply. When When I tried to reason through it on my own, it didn't make sense to me. All right? You think about the things... The, the, the things of God that we just can't comprehend. And it just doesn't make sense. It just doesn't line up. And, and so we shrug and we say, I don't, I don't get it. I don't know anymore. When I tried to understand all of this, it troubled me deeply. Have you ever been there? Have you ever found yourself troubled by something that you just can't understand? Well, God is calling you to an anointed reasoning. And then he says it perfectly in verse 17, until I entered the sanctuary of God. Then I understood their final destiny. So you you realize when you read this psalm that his spirit is troubled when he tries to reason on his own. He's looking at all the things that are going right for the people that are filling their minds with trash. And his spirit is troubled, and he just doesn't get it. But when he comes and he reasons with God, he says, yes, and now I understand. All right? Our our mind is an amazing tool. Like I said, uh, it it gives us something to really... uh, to really work with. But there's two hemispheres to the brain. And and so there's two different ways of functioning in the mind. Okay, so uh, maybe throughout this whole process of of taking different courses with me, maybe you've heard me talk about uh, right brain tendencies and left brain tendencies. If you've taken some of my other courses, I know that you've heard those, uh, those different distinguishing 
uh, terms, but maybe you just don't quite understand them. So what we want to talk about then, if, if the mind is so powerful and so strong and needs to be filled with the things of God, what do we need to do to fill it with, with God and to fill our mind with anointed reasoning? We absolutely have to meditate on God's word and on his rhema words and on his promises. We have to meditate on them. All right? And and so right brain and left brain meditation look a little bit different, but they get us the same result. Okay? So if you're a right brained uh, person, you're, you're more inclined to intuition, um, you know, not not as analytical, but very free thinking, uh, able able just to set to flow of things, and and you just you you can you can get in tune quickly, simply without task. Your meditations are going to involve your imagination. As you read scripture, you might find that you look up from the page and you just drift into this uh, scene in your mind, and you're you're there. You're reading about Jesus at the Sea of Galilee, and you look up from the page, and and in your mind's eye, you see exactly what's happening. All right, um, the the when when the Strongs um, put together their their Bible concordance, um, it's kind of funny to me that one of the meditation definitions is babbling, which equates to speaking in tongues, um, but but it's the truth. Um, some people, especially those who are right-brained oriented, uh, when, when, when we begin to meditate or when we come deep into the presence of God, babbling, speaking in tongues will come very naturally. Uh, it's not an efforted thing. It'll just happen. We tend, and, and you hear me say we, uh, because I tend to be a right-brained person, and, and we tend to use music, um, you know, just to still our minds and bring ourselves before God. Whereas the left brain population uh, is more inclined to uh, being analytical, to looking at the logics. And and so for a left brain person, meditation is probably going to be reading word for word, scripture and scripture and scripture, and muttering, which is, um, again, in strong concordance, it, it's basically... Con- conversing with yourself to gain better understanding. But the funny thing is, is when you're reading through scripture and you begin talking to yourself, I personally believe that you're not talking to yourself. You're talking to God because you read, you read this passage of scripture and, and you just begin to say, you know, oh, well, I wonder why that would be. Okay. Well, and, and, and you start drawing conclusions and things start lining up and the pieces start falling together. There's, there's a muttering that's happening. But really, that, that left brain is actually opening the door to the right side of your brain so that Jesus can walk through and minister into your mind and into your heart. All right? Uh, the left brain also revolves in meditation. And so you're, you're going to uh, read word for word and you're going to chat with yourself over what you're reading and you're ultimately going to make it into a big circle and come back all right it's it's just a a revolving process so you're going to read something and you're going to talk to yourself about it and then you're going to cross reference bing 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 and you're going to come all the way back to your starting point 
And by the time you've come all the way back around in your meditation to your starting point, something tells me you have a good understanding of what it meant and that chat that you had with yourself panned out. It worked great. But the mind has a specific place in knowing. All right, and this goes hand in hand with the last lesson, lesson four. We have to surrender unto God. We have to be submissive to the Holy Spirit so that he can use the mind. He can fill it with anointed reasoning, bring us to a place of meditation, and renew us. All right, this is the scripture that I want to leave you with uh, between these two lessons. And and I want you to take some time this week and, um, you know, maybe find a chapter of the Bible. I'm not going to tell you to find a full book, but maybe find a chapter of the Bible, whether it's in uh, the Old Testament, the New Testament, one of the Gospels, Revelation. I don't care where it's at. Um, but, But find a chapter in the Bible and just read it once a day, okay? Um, Journal on it. Ask God what he wants to reveal to you. Study it, okay? This is is the Gospel of John, chapter 5, verse 39, all right? This is how it says. It says, you study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me. All right, that, that's, the, that's the word of Jesus. And, and so you continue his sentence into verse 40 and it says, and yet you refuse to come to me to have life. What he's saying here is you want to read the scripture, but the scripture isn't what saves you. He says, I am the one that's going to save you. I'm the one that's, that died for your sin. I'm the one that set you free. I'm the one that bore your sin. I'm the one that bled on the cross for you. So yes, read the scripture, study the truth, be obedient to the word. But if you want eternal life, I need you to know me. All right? So, so find yourself a chapter and study it this week. All right, I mean really study it. Make an outline, make make a chart, make a graph. Do something so that so that you can come to a place of, of fresh understanding. Keep your journal. Uh, come come daily back to the same passage. Ask God to reveal something new to you every time that you come to the passage, and I believe he will. All right? You study the scriptures diligently. And you should study the scriptures diligently. But don't think that they have eternal life for you. Because the only way to get the eternal life is to know Jesus and receive him as Lord of your life into your heart. That's the ticket. That's the ticket. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this time and we give you praise, Lord God, for all that you do. I thank you, Father, uh, for, for the time that I've had to teach and to share with my brothers and my sisters about the mind and about knowing you. Father, I pray that you would use these words uh, to, to encourage someone in their heart. Father, that someone would, uh, would find themselves coming closer to you right now, Lord God. That they would turn open their Bibles and say, you know what, today's the day, Lord. I'm finally going to tackle that chapter that I haven't understood. 
Father, I pray that as they as they prepare themselves to read your scripture daily, I pray, Lord God, that they would come to a place of, of true study, of, of diligence in seeking your word, Father, that they would not sit just with just with a Bible open on their lap, but Father, that they would sit with the Bible open, that they would sit with a pen and paper ready to hear what you will say. And Father, I pray that as they read, that the words would just jump off the paper, that you would bring scripture to life, that they would see it, Lord God, that they would feel the power of Jesus Christ in scripture. Father, I do thank you and give you praise for what you're going to do in your people. I thank you, Lord God, for everything that is coming. We know, Lord, that it is all of you, that that what you are doing in, in our lives and in our state and in our nation and in our world, we know, Lord God, that you are in control. And so, Father, we ask that in the days to come, you would fix our eyes, our hearts, and our minds upon you, that we would remain steadfast in your word, and, Father, that we would be the light in the darkness to go and proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord. And all God's children said, Amen. God bless you all. We'll see you in a couple days as we resume with Lesson 6. God bless and take care. Bye.